You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. We live in treacherous times. We live in very difficult times. Where people promise you certain things and then they do exactly the opposite. The Bible says in Psalm 12 verse 2, Everybody lies to his neighbor. People are not truthful. They say they're going to help you on this side and lift you up. And when you find yourself, they're pushing you down. They say they're going to give you something. And instead of giving you something, they're taking something from you. We find ourselves in a world right now where every person lives for himself. Listen to what the Bible says. Psalm 12 verse 2. Everyone lies, everyone flatters, and everyone deceives. Nothing but empty talk, smooth talk, and double talk. Where are the truthful? Since we cannot put our trust in people, everybody's lying to one another, is a call for us to put our trust in God. The one who is faithful, who will see us through. When you put your trust in people, you are bound to be disappointed. But when your trust is in God, you will never be disappointed because God will see you through. The devil has a self-appointed assignment. And that is to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. So whether you like it or not, or you want to acknowledge it or not, we are in a battle. And warfare is necessary for victory. We know who the enemy is. We know who the deceiver is. There's a very real battle. We know how the world intimidates, manipulates, blackmail. It's the weapons of this world. Intimidation. Maybe you've experienced some of that in the marketplace or at school or wherever you find yourself. Maybe you were one of those who used to intimidate, manipulate. But the weapons of our Lord Jesus Christ is not the same weapons of this world. You cannot in the past have been a manipulator, intimidator, a blackmailer. And now you become a Christian, you want to be an intimidator, a manipulator, a blackmailer in Jesus' name. It doesn't work like that. The weapons of our Lord, the weapons of the kingdom of God are not carnal weapons. But they are powerful weapons. I think many Christians are frustrated today because they know they have these weapons, but they don't know how to use them. You want your prayers to be answered. You want your prayers to be effective, to produce results. I want to touch on these things so that your life can change. Listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians 6 verse 10. Now finally, my beloved ones, be supernaturally infused with strength. Through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on the full suit of armor that God wears when he goes into battle. So that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. God never promised to keep you away from trouble. From difficulties. From challenging situations. But he promised that he would be with you. 
He says, so if you're going to face these challenges, suit up with the same armor as Christ suited up for battle. It means clothe yourself with the breastplate of righteousness. The armor of God is to be clothed with Christ. The helmet of salvation. It means your mind needs to get saved. Your way of thinking needs to change. Helmet of salvation. The biggest thing that keeps people back in battle is their way of thinking. David looked at Goliath that's bigger than him. And Goliath said to him, I'm going to kill you. Remember, killing, stealing, and destroying is what the devil does. The devil is going to throw threats at you in this battle. But David said to him, no. I am the one that will be feeding your flesh to the birds of the air. Why could he say that? Because he found himself in the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. He was clothed with Christ. He had the helmet of salvation. He had the righteous breastplate. The belt of truth. What is the truth? It's the word of God. The shoes of the gospel. To tell people the truth. The shield of faith. It is our faith that gives us the victory. The sword of the spirit. The word of God. So if you want to go into battle as a Christian, make sure that you are clothed with righteousness, that you are clothed with Christ. Life is not an encounter group. It's not a picnic. It's not a visit to the playground. But it's the battle of all ages. And warfare is necessary for victory. But many Christians try and fight the battle with the wrong armor. Remember what David said when Saul said to him, I think the best is that you put my armor on. David said, I'm not familiar with your armor. Rather just leave me the way that I am. With God, my slingshot, and the five stones. This armor of intimidation, of blackmail, of slandering, I'm not familiar with it. But I'm very familiar with God's word. I've killed the lion and I've killed the bear. The same anointing, the presence of God that helped me to kill the lion and the bear is the same that will help me to kill this giant. I'm putting my trust in God. So family, if you say, I'm getting ready for battle, I'm going to possess the land, it is time for you to make a decision to clothe yourself with righteousness. Because when you are clothed with righteousness, you are clothed with Christ. Jesus, when he walked upon this earth, was clothed with righteousness. The biggest mistake that Christians make today, they become arrogant and they don't walk in humility and they tempt the devil. Don't tempt the devil. Jesus didn't tempt the devil. The devil tempted him. And when the devil tempted him, he tempted him in his weakness. In his greatest need, he was hungry. And he tempted him and said, why don't you turn these stones into bread? And he responded with the word of God, which is righteousness. I hear people make jokes and say, ah, oh, the devil is like a lion whose teeth has been hit out. Cannot do anything to us. I challenge you, get into a cage with a lion with no teeth and let's see who will win. And people make jokes like that. We're not here to tempt the devil. We're here to claim the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. Romans 13 verse 12. Night's darkness is dissolving away as a new day of destiny dawns. So we must once and for all strip away 
what is done in the shadows of darkness, removing it like filthy clothes. And once and for all, we clothe ourselves with the radiance of light as our weapon. Light is your weapon because light expels all shades of darkness. We must live honorably surrounded by the light of this new day. Not in the darkness of drunkenness and debauchery. Not in promiscuity and sensuality. Not being argumentative or jealous of others. Being argumentative is a form of darkness. Debauchery is a form of darkness. Drunkenness is a form of darkness. It says, lay these things aside. Instead, fully immerse yourself into the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and don't waste even a moment's thought on your former identity to awaken its selfish desires. You need to be equipped with these powerful weapons of God. The same suit of armor, the battle array that God has got, clothe yourself with Christ. Remember, there are two realms. There's the realm of defeat and failure. And there's the realm of victory in Christ Jesus. Christ has taken you from the realm of defeat and failure and placed you in the realm of of victory in Christ Jesus. In this realm, there's only victory, there's only success. That's why we have to renew our minds in this realm. So now as a Christian, as you're walking in this realm, somebody will come and upset you. Say something. Let's say somebody is cursing and swearing at you. What is the devil trying to do? He's trying to get you from this realm of victory in Christ Jesus where he cannot touch you to once again Move lower to this lower realm. That's what the Bible says. When people curse you, bless them. When people despitefully use you, pray for them. But the devil wants you to come to this lower level where you start to fight in the same way. Because then he finds a way to link himself to you. What am I saying? In this realm, there's righteousness. In this realm, there's unrighteousness. You've been disconnected from unrighteousness, and Christ's righteousness has become yours. Let me give you a very good example quickly. You become born again at your office, and now you're praising Jesus, and you love God, and everybody sees. But now you have your next office party, where you used to be the center of attraction. On the dance floor, you know. <laughs> then you go to the bar. <sighs> Amen. So now you're confronted with this office party. And as soon as you get there, you remember the things of the past. Oh, we had, used to have so much fun and everything. And they say... Just have one drink with us. And you take the one drink. And that one drink becomes two drinks. Because you haven't renewed your mind the way that you should. And the devil is pulling you back to that old nature. And then on Sunday you want to come and praise Jesus again. Every praise. And you're thinking, oh... Because you don't realize Christ has dealt with all sin. 
you were actually acting out of character. That is your old nature. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. But if you now walk with God, you can go and say, Lord, forgive me for my stupidity. Thank you that you don't deal with me according to the sins of my youth, but according to your mercy. Now, next time you're still working where you have to work, there's an office party. They say, have one drink. The Holy Spirit will say to you, remember what happened last time. Your testimony. Don't do it again. And you know why they want to do that? They'll put pressure on you. Because you that say that you're a Christian and they see something different in your life, when you conform to their ways, they can say it's okay. If he can drink like this, it's okay for us to drink like that. That can be anything. The Bible says, lay those things aside. Let's get away from the darkness and move closer to the light. Why? Sin is the only thing that gives the devil right in your life. But remember, sin has been dealt with. That's why I say you're acting and behaving out of character. Because that sin has been dealt with on the cross. Remember, people don't go to hell because of sin. Because Christ has died for sin once and for all. People go to hell because they don't believe what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for them. That's why you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart. The thing is, many people are confessing it today, but they're not believing it with their hearts. Righteousness is for those who believe it with their hearts. Do you believe the breastplate of righteousness is covering you? It's that righteousness that covers your heart. That even when people behave in an unrighteous way towards you, you can plant a righteous seed. And when you are only planting righteous seeds, even if they are throwing unrighteousness towards you, guess what? You'll only have a righteous harvest in the future. But if you start behaving in unrighteousness with them, are you not planting unrighteous seeds? Because of those unrighteous seeds that you've planted, there's an unrighteous harvest. Then you say, that look what the devil is doing. No. You make the decision. Family, the truth is, many of the challenges we are facing today, we know we've had our part to play. You know you've had your part to play. Listen what Colossians 2, verse 12 to 15 says. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. For we've been buried with him, immersed into his death. Our baptism into death also means we raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasps. But now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. So he's saying this realm of death where we were functioning, God has taken us out of that realm and placed us now in the realm of life in Christ Jesus. Is the enemy still there that wants to... Yes. Is my flesh still there? Yes. But the new life that I live, I live by faith through the Holy Spirit, crucifying this flesh. A matter of fact, as Christ has been crucified, you've been crucified already. That thing that's causing a problem has been dealt with already by the cross. You missed a good place to say amen. amen. And although the divine authority of his cross 
And through the divine authority of His cross, He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all, our sins, our stained soul and our shameful failure to keep His laws. He deleted it all and they cannot be, de- be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed on His cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his prisoner. Christ has dealt with it once and for all. You need a revelation of what God has done for you. If sin has been dealt with, when you sin, you're acting out of character. You were never designed to be a sinner. You were never designed to hate anybody, but to love God and to love your neighbor. You were never designed to be a racist or a thief or a murderer. God says, lay those things aside. I've died for them. But yet, we all still make mistakes. God says, if you make a mistake, immediately go to your advocate, Jesus Christ, who's representing you, and ask him for forgiveness. And he'll say, it is fine. You are forgiven. I've paid the price in full. Nobody can bring an accusation against you. As long as you keep and maintain your position in Christ Jesus. That's why the Bible says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But as soon as you start acting outside of Christ Jesus, you feel condemned. But if you're in Christ Jesus, it doesn't mean you're never going to make a mistake. But when you make a mistake, you know you can go to Him. And the matter is settled once and for all. Amen? We're not saying people cannot make mistakes. Being righteous does not mean you're never going to make a mistake. Being righteous means you're maintaining your position in Christ Jesus. And when you make a mistake, you look to the cross where the price was paid and you say, Lord, please forgive me. And He is faithful and just to forgive you. Even when you are unfaithful, He remains faithful. You need the revelation to understand that the devil has been dealt with already. They didn't imprison Jesus. Jesus was imprisoning them. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ is what gives us victory. I think the big question we have to ask ourselves, these weapons that God has given us, do you have access to these weapons? Because the only way you can get access to these weapons is you must be born again. When you are born from above, you have access to these weapons. But when you're not born again, you don't have access. Then you'll use the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it will not be by the Holy Spirit. It's like the seven sons of Sceva. They saw what Paul was doing, and they wanted to do the same in the name of Jesus. And the devil said to him, who are you? And overpowered them because it did not come from their hearts. They did not believe in their hearts that they've been made righteous. Because it's the righteousness of Christ Jesus that's on the inside of us that gives us the ability to expel unrighteousness in our own lives and in other people's lives. To be able to disconnect them from those things. 
But the question is, are you really born again? Remember, the first work of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to bring new life into your heart, into your spirit. New life that is linked up with God and His righteousness. He that knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's why we confess with our mouths that we believe the Lord Jesus Christ died for us, but in our hearts we believe unto righteousness. So this Christianity, many people are confessing with their mouths that they are Christians, but they're not believing it with their hearts. If you believe it with your heart, you'll behave differently. Then you'll quickly see what is righteous and what is unrighteous. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. You'll be seeking the right thing. You'll be seeking righteousness. God will give you the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and the fear of the Lord to see what the devil is up with, his schemes and his plans. Because remember, all his ways wants to kill, wants to steal. Steal your money, steal your joy, steal your happiness. Don't your neighbor and say, we have received powerful weapons. You know, the Bible says there are many people, they honor God with their mouths, but their hearts are far from him. God knows exactly. You can say Jesus, 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 but he sees what you believe with your heart. When you're a Christian and you are born again and you are linked up with God, you've been given the right to pray and know that there's power in your prayers and that your prayers will be answered. Because now there's a force from heaven backing you. A matter of fact, all of heaven is backing you. And you'll see the results. You'll see the change in your life. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 4. Family, listen to me. What did Jesus say to the disciples? He said, wait in Jerusalem until you've received power. This power that we're talking upon does not come upon the devil. And it does not come upon unbelievers. But it's a power that is poured, invested into believers. That's why you must be born again. When you are linked up with God, you've received power from on high. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 4. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war, every thought, and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. This is done through righteousness. God has given us this ability. You have to get to a place to realize that the substitute was Jesus Christ. He paid the price for you in full. Our biggest challenge today is between our two ears, the battle that's going on here. I wonder if God's really going to bless me. I wonder if God really wants to heal me. I wonder if God really wants to deliver this person. And your mind is busy the whole time. The first thing you need to do is take your own thoughts captive. Say, Lord, every thought, every argument, every vain imagination, I take it captive now and I bring it in line with the mind and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Family members that you are busy praying for, take their thoughts captive. Take their thoughts captive. I remember I was a young Christian, not even saved a week. And a friend of mine, I was sharing the gospel with him in a shopping center where he was working. 
sharing with him what Jesus did. I'm born again. And he looked at me and said, I don't understand anything that you're saying. And I'd read the scripture about taking thoughts and arguments in vain. And I said to him, can I lay hands on you and take your thoughts captive that you can understand what I'm saying? And he said, yes, it's fine. I said, fine. In the, just there. He said, I take every thought, every argument, every vain imagination captive now and I bring line with the mind and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you say amen? He said, amen. Just like, and I said, now you listen. And I started sharing the gospel. And he said to me, now I understand what you are saying. And I led him to the Lord just there. And then I said to him, Sunday, you're coming with me to church. I said, they did deliverance on me and they cast the demons out of me when I got saved. If I have got demons, I know you've got demons too. And I'm grateful because I think that was what helped me a lot in my Christian walk. Because I didn't walk with those demons as a Christian for five or ten years like many of you have done before you got delivered. Battling with things. So those things were out of my mind immediately. So when we have a family member that we want to pray for that say battling with alcohol. We usually come and we discuss and we look at the situation. Oh, he's drinking more. We've been praying for him, but he's just drinking more and more and more. The devil wants you to focus on the situation. When you look and you say he's just drinking more and more and more, that confession is coming from your heart from faith. And you're not helping the brother, you're making it worse. Instead of start praying for him, get heaven's opinion about the brother. Because all you are speaking about is the problem now. But we know the problem has been solved in Christ Jesus. Gets heaven's opinion about the brother. And start declaring heaven opinion over the brother. Many prayer meetings that people have are gossip meetings. Very structured and organized gossip meetings. I've been at some of them. I don't like going to them. Because I will disrupt them. Have you been to one of those gossip meetings? Spiritual gossip meetings. It sounds something like this. Oh Lord, we've come to pray for Johnny. Oh the bottle, Lord. This week it's not been one bottle, but two bottles, oh Lord. We ask help him. Oh Lord, and oh Susie. Mm, the language, oh Lord. The swearing and the cursing, O oh Lord. Aye. Lord, wash her mouth with spiritual soap and cleanse it. They're just gossiping about people. That's all they're doing. They're just saying, this one is still drinking. This one has still got bad language. Get heaven's opinion about the person. And say, Lord, this Nicholas, you have called him for a purpose. He is your son. He is your daughter. These thoughts, these arguments in his mind, we take it captive. And bring in line with the mind and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you have said he'll be an evangelist. Touch his heart. Oh, Holy Spirit, convict and convince him. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon him. Change his situation. Let your goodness bring him to a place of repentance. As much as Christ became a substitute for you and for me, he did the same for that person that is not serving God. He just needs the revelation to know that God has died for him as well. And his life will change. Remember Paul was Saul previously. Killing Christians. Doing the work of the devil. Killing, stealing and destroying. And God said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Stop what you are busy with. I've called you for a purpose. And when he was confronted by the Holy Spirit's presence, his life changed. But most of us want to confront our family members. 
1 Peter 2 verse 23 to 24. When he was verbally abused, he did not return with an insult. When he suffered, he would not threaten retaliation. Jesus faithfully entrusted himself into the hands of God who judges righteously. He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. Jesus Christ loves you. He wants to help you. He wants you to be saved and your whole family to be saved. The big thing that we have to do, we have to put on the new man. And we have to put off the old man. The old nature is not the true you. The new creation that you are is who Christ has made you to be. That identity we find in Christ, who is our righteousness, who is our holiness. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Now if anyone is enfolded in Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. Family, let me tell you something. When you become aware of God's righteousness, of God's righteousness, you'll be aware of God's power and His presence that can change people's lives. What happens when somebody gets born again? The unrighteousness that's in their heart, the unrighteousness that's in their heart, righteousness enters in to their heart. They believe with their heart that they've been made righteous. They believe that he who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when you're confessing it and you believe with your heart that God has made you righteous, the righteousness of God enters into your heart and it expels all unrighteousness and unrighteousness leaves. And a miracle takes place where you become a new creation. In the same way, miracles take place Deliverance takes place. Remember when Jesus healed the man. They said, how can you heal this man on the Sabbath? What is wrong with you? He says, you know what? They say, how can you say that this man's sins is forgiven? He says, okay, let me just explain to you. Be healed. What happened? He says, the thing that produces miracle in your life is righteousness. When righteousness enters, unrighteousness has to go. I'm not going to say more than that. Go think about that. Jesus said, what is easier to say? You are healed or to say that your sins are forgiven? If you believe that you are saved and that your sins are forgiven, it's much easier for you to believe that God will give you the breakthrough and the deliverance that you are seeking. But when you're still battling to believe that you're truly saved, you are condemned the whole time. You cannot live in the victory that God has got for you. You're not yet believing that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. You renew your mind with the word of God. Ephesians 4, verse 23 to 24. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's being given to you. And you will be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within you as new life. And live in union with Him. For God has recreated you all over again in His perfect righteousness. 
and you now belong to Him in the realm of true holiness. He has taken you, He's made you righteous, and placed you in the realm of holiness. Is anybody holy? No. How do we become holy? By faith. We know His ability becomes our ability, and things start to change in our lives. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the one who imparts this new life into our lives. Romans 8 says, It's the Spirit of God Himself who testifies on the inside of us that we've been made righteous. And then we call out and we say, Abba, Father. Lord, You are our Father. We say, Thank You, Jesus. The Bible then even says, When you have to pray, and you don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will help you to pray. Can you see the need to ask the Holy Spirit in your life to pray daily, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me and enter me, change my heart? This empowerment is not for people who do not believe. It's not for the devil. It's for people that are born again. The devil also believes. But he cannot be born again. He cannot be linked up with God because light has nothing to do with darkness. And God has dis disconnected you from all darkness. Romans 8.16 For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as He whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. When you are born again and you are clothed with Christ now, you and God has become the majority. When you and God has become the majority, one puts a thousand to flight and two ten thousand. When you and God are linked up, you've become the majority. Now when you pray, it's not one on one. One puts a thousand to flight. If you get another brother to agree with you, ten thousand. That's why two believers are always better than one. I hope you have a prayer partner. I hope you have somebody that you can turn to and say, just pray with me and agree with me. Because there's power in that agreement. Listen here what the Bible says. Matthew 16 verse 19. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. Prayer is an expression of what we believe. God says, now that you are born again and you've been placed in this heavenly realm, I've given you the keys to bind things and to lose things. So many times when it comes to binding and loosing, people don't know how to do that. Most people that I know, they bind the devil. And how's that been working for you? If the devil is linked to you working on your life, why do you bind him? Because if you bind him now, then he's stuck with you. The devil is on an assignment to kill, steal, and destroy. If he's coming your way, say, devil, I loose you from this assignment to come against this church, to come against God's people. I loose you from this assignment. Go to the pit where God has commanded you to go. If somebody is not walking in God's ways, a child not serving God, you bind that person. You say, Lord, Jack, I bind him to your will, to your plans, to your purposes. I bind him to what heaven has predestined and planned for him. Now he's bound to the word of God. You bind him to the word of God. Bind love to yourself. Bind holiness to yourself. Bind the right things. The finances that we need 
that has been kept somewhere, we need to lose it. Lord, we lose all the finances needed for this project. We don't want the finances bound up now. We lose it. Amen? If you know a contract is yours, bind the contract to you. Say, Lord, this contract is mine. I bind it tonight. You start binding and loosing. I bind the devil. If the devil is in your house, don't bind him. Cast him out. Resist him with the name and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the word of your testimony and the blood of the Lamb, they've overcome the devil. In this battle, where righteousness is your shield, where righteousness is your victory, where righteousness is the thing that produces miracles, the devil will tempt you the whole time to act in unrighteousness. That's why you have to keep and maintain your position at all times. Cause confusion in his ranks. The Lord, I cause confusion in the ranks of the enemy. Division. Bible says you can send hornets, smite him in his face. The fire of God is the thing that burns around us for God's name to be glorified within. But this fire is a consuming fire. The Bible says it goes before us and it burns our enemies up round and about. So Lord, let your fire, the fire is the presence of God. Let your presence go before me, Lord. Make my way straight and make it smooth in Jesus' mighty name. Angels, that's there. Let them fight for us, Lord. Let them keep evil away from us, Lord. Let your angels go and solve problems for us, Lord. Let them protect us, Lord. Many of you have angels standing around doing nothing. Because angels listen to the word of God. When you start declaring the word of God, you'll see the angels. The Lord is the light of my salvation. I shall not fear. Angels go. The Lord is the strength of my life. It's your angels. I shall not fear. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumble and fell. See God's presence just going fighting. Because that word cannot return back void. Then what needs to be bound will be bound. What needs to be loosed will be loosed. Say, Lord, I'm, I don't know what to, be, what to bind anymore and what to loose, Lord. Just help me. As I pray in the Spirit, what needs to be bound, let it be bound. And what needs to be loosed, let it be loosed. That at least the Holy Spirit is helping you when you pray. These are the powerful weapons that we have. Amen. The Holy Spirit will lead you, will guide you. Family, let me tell you, the most powerful thing, once you are born again and you've renewed your mind, you have an independent mind. What do I mean by independent mind? There'll be a situation that you'll look at, maybe at the, at the workplace, saying A, B, C, D, and you'll look at this thing and you say, this is not what God has said. This is subject to confirmation. I'm going to confirm this with the word of God. And if you take the word of God and you say, but no, heaven's opinion is not this. Now with boldness, you can come and say, no, I will not die. I'm going to live. Amen. Things are about to change. I am not the tail. I'm the head. Your situation might be saying you're going under. You say, I'm not going under. I'm going over. The devil hates an independent mind. Because then you've got heaven's opinion about that situation then when you look at the person you're not going to say ah oh, this guy's on his way to hell you say no 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 this guy was never made for hell he was made to give glory to god and you can start to declare the word of god into that situation but when you don't have an independent mind everything that you look at you say no, no, look at this look at this my office the, the people were telling me the other day i had a dream a while back and i'm not sure if i shared it in the where I saw the rand strengthening very quickly to under 10 rand. And it was at the time when the rand was the worst. I say, God, thank you. I know what you have said. I know that you are true. 
I've had many times people where people have said, this person, this and this. Say, no, Lord, I'm going to pray. This person cannot get away from you. People can try and run away from God. A matter of fact, sometimes I recommend it and say, why don't you try it? Just go read your Bible. You'll quickly see what happened to Jonah when he tried to run away from God. If you want to have an experience to be in the belly of a whale, run away and see what happens. You can save yourself all that trouble by just coming to God the first time around. But if you want to experience like that and you want that to be part of your testimony, try and run away from God and see what happens. God is not going to change His mind about you. He knows the thoughts that He has towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Amen. Go to Lamentations 3 quickly. Lamentations 3 verse 37. In whatever situation you are facing now, remember now, you have powerful weapons. Even if something comes your way, you don't have to accept it. But people said this and people said that and this authoritative. Who is he who speaks and it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it? So people can say what they want. If God has not commanded it, don't accept it. What did God say to Ezekiel when it came to the dead bones? He says, Ezekiel, you see these dead bones. Can they live? He's looking at it, it's dead. He says, God, you know. God says, yes, I know. Speak to them and you'll see new life will come. And Ezekiel started speaking to the bones and life came. Even if it's dead bones, get God's opinion about the situation. Because God might just say, they can still live. Speak a word over it. But if God says, leave it, then you leave it. These are the weapons that we've got. Our victory is our faith. The question is, what do you believe? If you believe that the enemy has been defeated, if you believe that your sin has been dealt with, the victory is half won. Because now you'll know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This thing that you are battling with, Christ died for it, and Christ is alive right now. And you are in Christ, and you've died to that thing, and you have new life in Christ Jesus. Now as you yield to the Holy Spirit to help you, victory is yours. Now you have to walk in the light of your testimony. What do you really believe? Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said to the king, you can throw us in the fire. You can heat it up as much as you want to. God is our deliverer. Whether he's going to deliver us or not, we are fully convinced and persuaded in our hearts he is our deliverer. We're not changing our testimony. We're not changing our confession. We're walking in the light of our testimony. Whether he delivers us or not, now it's faith that pleases God. Remember, when we talk about sin now, everything which is not of faith is sin. It's our faith that gives us the victory. Believing that Christ has died on the cross and the price is paid in full. Satan has nothing on you as long as you keep yourself away from sin. We're all going to make mistakes. Satan has nothing on you as long as you keep you away from sin. But I'm going to sin. Satan has nothing on you as long as you keep yourself in the righteousness of God. So you're going to make a mistake, but even when you make a mistake, keep yourself in the righteousness of God. Let your confession be, he who knew no sin became sin so that I could be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've made a mistake. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. That's humility. Satan has nothing on you as long as you hold on to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan has nothing on you as long as you're not talking in your own name. Don't put your trust in your own strength and your own ability. Go to 1 John 3 quickly. Let me just show you. Satan has nothing on you as long as you know all of heaven is backing you. 1 John 3. 
1 John 3 verse 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God has manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Definitely, the part of you, your spirit man that is linked up with God, the seed of Christ, which can never sin, is on the inside of you. For this reason, Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. That sin cannot rule over you anymore. But Romans 6 says, you should rule over sin. You should change your way of thinking. Go to 1 John 5, 18. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. When you keep yourself in Christ, the devil cannot touch you. Psalm 127. You can guard the house, but if God is not guarding with you, you're guarding in vain. So you do your part. But if God is with you, you know you are safe. God will protect you. God will keep you. Ephesians 6 verse 11. But put on the full suit of armor that God wears when he goes into battle. So be clothed with what Christ wears when he went into battle. It was his righteousness that gave us the victory over sin. So that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold his dark, this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. God wants you to be victorious. Remember the Israelites going into the promised land. They still had to go fight every battle. But God was with them and they were victorious. Don't go in your own strength and in your own ability. God has given us powerful weapons. Amen. Let me hear you pray. Say, precious Father. I commit and submit myself to you to be an agent of faithfulness, to be an agent of patience, to be an agent of joy, to be an agent of love, to be an agent of self-control, to be an agent of gentleness. Lead me in wisdom, Lord. Take more of me. And give me more of you, more of your love, more of your kindness, more of your gentleness, more of your self-control, more of your kindness. Let everything about me become everything about you. Fill me with your love until it overflows to others. Act in me, Lord. That my thoughts would be holy. Act in me, Lord. That my words would be holy. Act in me, Lord. That my deeds would be holy. Make my words as pure and holy as yours. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.